been searching for a podcast that shows up in your nightmares. One that shakes you to your core. Look no further. This is the Eerie Parlor. Short stories inspired by urban legends, real life experiences, folk tales, or nightmares. Take your seat and help yourself to the refreshments. Now we begin. Here's your host, Lady of the Woods. Welcome to the Eerie Parlor. I'll be your host for tonight. Oh, it's you again. Back again so soon? Here, you look tired. Have some tea. You want to hear a story? Hmm. All right. I guess I can treat you for tonight. This story is a bittersweet one. An instance that changed the course of a girl's life for the better, but not without terrible sacrifice. There was once a girl who lived in a family of nomads. Her mother was a beauty beyond compare and a remarkable artist. She could craft whatever she envisioned in her mind from her bare hands, whether it be wood carving, sewing, or pottery. She could do it all. Her smooth words could sell any of her wares, which led to her work being sold in many markets around the world. She was a well-known craftsman. With her income alone, she kept her little family well taken care of. She and her sisters wanted for naught. Her father was a simple man, but the strongest she had ever seen. He forged the metal for her mother's pieces and ship. He made the family laugh and sang to them under the stars during their long voyages across the sea. They sailed across the ocean, kayaked in every river, and fished in every lake. Water was their life source, and they went to it for everything. As a result, the girl's love and respect for the waters of this planet were strong as a child. While traveling on one of their many adventures by sea, a day came when the girl's parents fell ill from Poseidon's pox, a terrible disease which one must act quick against. The treatment must be administered on land, away from the salts of the sea. Due to the nature of the illness, they were forced to stop their journey at the nearest town in search of medicine and tools necessary for treatment. Unfortunately for her and her parents, the nearest town was Arania. This town had a reputation, but only an infamy. Homelessness was rampant, disease was prevalent, and the hunger the citizens suffered from showed on their faces. As the oldest child, she searched the city for the nearest apothecary from the port alone, for her two sisters were much too young to venture out with her. It's important to mention that this young girl and her people were notably eye-catching and beautiful. With her long, curly hair, as white as snow, and skin as brown and velvety fine as the sands of Dorkid Island, it was a sight the people of Irenia were mystified to see. As you can guess, this caught the attention of many in the town, for no one as exotic as her had been seen before. Regrettably, this also caught the wandering eye of a slave trader who noticed the pull this young woman had on the masses. 
He had set his fiendish sights on her for profit. The girl had been searching so hard and for so long for the apothecary that she had not noticed that the sun had set. She also did not notice that she had been followed. As she exited the shop, she felt a large hand cover her nose and mouth from behind. She tried to scream, but before she uttered a sound, she felt her consciousness slipping away from her body and her legs fell beneath her. Before her life left her, she saw the bottle of medicine and the medical tools for her parents laying shattered on the ground. Finally awake, she found herself staring towards the sea. Normally, she felt at peace at sea, but something was wrong. Her head was pounding, and the taste of iron filled her mouth. She felt a sharp pain in her right hand that was beginning to burn and radiate towards her fingers. At the realization of what had happened, she began to panic. After shouting for her papa and then her siblings, there was no answer. The only other creature in the ship's hub with her was a large white owl perched in an intricate gold cage to the right of her. She was completely alone. As her eyes frantically darted around the room, she found her hands tied in front of her. There was dried blood pulled over a gash in her hand. She figured it must have been from the glass bottle of medicine she dropped. Suddenly, she heard a voice to her left. You'll fetch a nice price and such a nice looking doll. I almost want to keep you to myself. She turned to see a big burly man with green hair looking at her. Hungrily, she had not even noticed his presence in the room. His oily, bile-covered hair perfectly matched the yellow-tinged skin on the rest of his grotesque, scarred body. His face was dry and scaly, rustling like leaves against his ash-colored beard. She almost vomited seeing how he looked at her, saliva dripping from his mouth and grease on his brow. She demanded to know who he was and where he was taking her. But before she could finish her barrage of questions, he suddenly wrapped his slobbering lips around hers, breathing in and out with his putrid breath that smelled of cigars and alcohol, literally controlling the way she breathed for a moment. Mm, you have a sweet taste. I've never tasted something like you before. I will definitely have to raise your starting price at tonight's auction. As for me, you can just call me Master Neva. She had traveled all over the world, but she knew the name Master Neva. Everyone who sailed the seas knew his name. He was a notorious slave trader, a man of violence who traveled by ship all over the world to collect people for his buyers for the final auction. The people and animals that he kidnapped were rarely seen again, at least intact. The girl's great-grandmother had told her about this man as a nursery rhyme, in order to get her and her sisters to behave. Never would she have ever thought that he was actually real. She screamed, frustrated that she had not been more careful, frustrated that she had allowed herself to be captured by such a foul creature, no longer a nursery rhyme. She thought of her parents, whose disease had likely progressed to the next stage at this point. Her sisters were not equipped to handle such a thing. She thought of how scared they must be, wondering where she was and why she did not come home. She knew that her parents were in no condition to come save her, especially still being in that despicable town. She began to sob, the thoughts racing in her head. She did not know what to do. At the sight of her tears and frustration, 
Master Neva started to smirk. After a croaky chuckle, he bent down to grab a nearby half-pint of beer on the ground. His large protruding abdomen draped over his knees as he slyly started slowly pouring it over her head, joking that she looked like she was flustered and needed a drink. Except it wasn't beer. It was urine. Cold urine that was probably sitting there for a while before she woke up. Looking proud of himself, he sauntered backwards up the stairs with heavy steps, smiling smugly as he stared into her eyes as she left. She never broke eye contact. If there is one thing she learned while traveling the seas and hunting with her father, it was to never let a predator out of your sight. Never let them think that you have given in or are weakening. To always carry herself strongly and to be firm, even in the most vulnerable of times. This knowledge had gotten him out of a lot of sticky situations, especially when he was younger. Thinking of her father's voice, she began to try to gain control of her breathing. She breathed in as much as she could, held it for a moment, and then let it out slowly through pursed lips. The last stream of tears fell in her hands, stinging the gash in her hand. That was the moment she came to her senses and her resolve. She was going to attempt to escape from one of the most dangerous people known to man. If her plan failed and she was to be sold to auction for a price, then that price would be too high a price for anyone to pay. They would pay with their life. If not in this life, then in the next, and the one after that. With this thought in mind, the young girl suddenly remembered another nursery rhyme her grandmother used to sing, but only while they were on land. She made her and her siblings promise to never sing the song at sea unless they were in inescapable, mortal danger. It was a way to escape, but it came at a price. This song summoned ancient, vicious creatures that would attack and kill everyone on the ship. Besides being the summoner, the only way to survive is if you challenge the creature and answer its riddle correctly. However, the sweet nursery rhyme did not say what the price of calling such a terrible force would be. Fearful, she gazed at the sea through the small window at the bottom of the ship once more, finally coming to a decision. She wondered if this would be the last time she ever saw the ocean. Would she ever see her family again? With tears in her eyes once again, and a deep breath in, she began to sing. Can you hear my voice from afar? The siren song calls to you within. Over the high seas, past crashing currents, strong as the waves and swift as the wind. I am not alone, give me strength and guide me home. It was quiet at first, too quiet. As the girl sang and sang, she began to lose hope in the song, thinking it was just a lullaby after all. That is when she heard the first blood-curdling scream cut short from one of the men on the deck. The ending of his scream sounded like a broken flute. She knew his throat had been cut. Then she heard them, 
Each note became increasingly hard for the girl to sing as more and more screams of the creature were heard. The lullaby had worked, and they were coming for her next. She waited, listening to every shriek and cry the sailors made. Every sound of a blade being knocked away and splashing of the sea made her feel frightened but empowered. She started to grow impatient. She wanted to hear him. She wanted to hear the sound Master Neva would make when he looked into the creature's eyes that would take his life. She wanted him to know that she, the real predator on this ship, was the one that brought his downfall. He was the one that should have been more careful. She knew there was a price to pay for all that was happening, but she didn't care. She started to sing the song of death even louder than before. As her voice grew louder, so did the screams and sounds of clawing she heard above deck. That was when she heard someone trying to hurriedly come downstairs. Someone large. She knew who it was. Seeing her chance to revel in her victory, she thought to shout his name after finishing the next verse she was singing. But before she was able to shout his name, she heard a swift cut through the wind, almost like a whistle, and what sounded like a melon rolling down the stairs. That's when she saw it. Master Neva's severed head rolled right in front of where she was sitting. Unable to completely turn her back, she heard a large crash behind her. Knowing that it was the rest of his body following him down the stairs, she closed her eyes, terrified, but she still sang. That's when she heard something she's never heard before. Pounding, wet splashes, almost like footsteps, but not, descending the stairs behind her to her right. She kept her eyes closed. She continued to sing, tears now streaming down her face. She thought this was the end. The deed was done and it was time to pay the price. She turned away from her right, bracing for impact, and to her surprise, she met the creature. Face to face, the beast that she had summoned. Its eyes were as golden as the moon at its fullest. Its face, beautiful, yet also pale and terrifying was covered with scars. This beast was accustomed to fighting and was most likely the winner in every one. Teeth-covered gills protruded from its face on each of its cheeks. Its long hair, as dark as night, greatly contrasted with its lips as red as freshly spilled blood. The creature was small in frame, but muscular, and equipped with a hand that resembled a black scythe. The creature's other hand was dainty, but scaly and sharp. Each finger ended in a pitch-black nail, almost like it had a knife on every finger. After what seemed like hours staring into the girl's eyes, it spoke with an echoing voice. The deed, the deed is, done, is done, and the price, and the price must, be must be paid. We require, we require the tree, the of, tree life of life and the lives, and the lives of those, those yet, born. yet born. The girl was confused. The creature raised its arm high, its scythe preparing to strike. That's when the girl shouted, Wait! I challenge you to give me one last chance at freedom. Tell me a riddle. It, if I get it correct, the next time I travel by sea, I will pay your price. The creature froze. Suddenly, a sharp-toothed smile crossed its face. As it spoke, its terrifying smile seemed to widen all the way up to its temples. Circe Dan, the one who told the greatest grief, the tale of old.
whose honeyed song will bring deep peace, but also cause your life to cease. The girl thought hard, eyes closed and sweat dripping down her face. She began to sob. With every tear that fell, the creature seemed to rejoice, smiling now, its sharp teeth showing. Again, the creature began to raise its claws. With a blood-curdling laugh, it raised its arm again, claws protracted. She closed her eyes to think. That's when she knew. The siren's song! The girl shouted. She opened her eyes to see its claws inches from her abdomen. That's when she looked up at the creature's face to see that it was no longer smiling, but glaring at her with a large frown, clearly enraged that she had bested it. She didn't think it was possible for the creature to look more terrifying. A long pause passed before the creature spoke again. Child of both land and sea, we answered the voice that gives your blood its powers. Thus the next time you call across these waters, your womb shall be ours. Now be gone, or sink with the dead. The creature crabbed Captain Neva's severed head and slithered back up the stairs. The ship was sinking. She wanted to rush out right behind the creature, but her fear held her back. That's when she heard another stirring in the room. She looked towards the gold cage. She'd forgotten about it amongst the bloodshed and screams of the night. There was a large owl that was staring at her intensely. It started thrashing around and shrieking. Startled, the girl rushed over and began to lift the lever on the lock of the cage. The owl burst out of the cage like a burst of lightning and swiftly flew up the stairs. Water was beginning to flood the floor at an alarming rate. She rushed up the stairs to the top deck to find what looked like a war scene. The sight of it all made her vomit. The creaking of broken wood was increasing as the boat began to sink further into the ocean. She leapt from the boat swimming as fast as she could from the wreckage, hoping that the boat wouldn't take her with it. Finding a piece of driftwood, she clung to it, closing her eyes for just a moment of peace. She ended up falling asleep, drifting along with the piece of driftwood, not knowing that she was being watched, oh so carefully, by the eyes of a certain creature. <sighs> I'm sorry, I got carried away. The rest of that story will be for another day you visit. That wasn't very scary, you say? Well, this story is only scary if you're human scum. And you ask me to tell you a story, not a horror story. Drink the rest of your tea. Hmm. You've been listening to The Eerie Parlor. Our mission is to terrify you, <laughs> electrify, and rock you your core. Each episode is a short horror story inspired by urban legends, real-life experiences, folktales, or nightmares. It's what we do. Join us next time, but in the meantime, find us on Instagram at The Eerie Parlor. You survived another episode. Next time, you may not be so lucky. 